Ladies and gentlemen, dreamers and doers, seekers of purpose and fulfillment, welcome to Passion on Purpose, the podcast that sets your soul on fire and ignites the spark within you. I'm your host, Steph Hilfer, and I'm beyond thrilled you're here. Passion on Purpose features leaders, experts, and sometimes me on center stage. We put the spotlight on visionaries, entrepreneurs, leaders, experts, and everyday heroes to share their journey of self-discovery, enthusiasm, and unwavering determination. We'll explore how they use their passion and purpose to fuel their brand. Alongside our leaders, we'll provide practical tips, actionable advice, and wisdom from our experts across various fields. So if you're ready to unleash your inner fire, shake off the doubts and insecurities, and pursue a life of purpose with unbridled enthusiasm, then let's dive in. All right, guys, we are back with another episode of the Passion on Purpose podcast. And today, like every day that I get to record one of these special segments, I'm so excited. Um, When we started the show and we started having great leaders coming on talking about their passion, their purpose, and giving us motivation and inspiration, that was so fueling. But as I've framed each of these expert episodes, that inspiration is, of course, amazing. But taking actionable, tactical, you know, real expert advice away from the show is why we created these segments. Tina, Tina Parker, she's the owner of Lead Outside the Lines, came on as a leader for our season two episodes. Um, was it season two or season one? No, it was season two. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's just a testament to how quickly I gravitated towards you and what you're doing. Um, we're going to get into all these things, but I don't talk about this enough, but I have two parents who have cognitive disorders. And so I grew up really wanting to learn more. I mean, I, I grew up struggling to understand the brain and wanting to know more about the brain and almost being mad at the brain. At times, you know, having parents with cognitive struggles uh, is is challenging, right? So I really gravitated towards our guest today, Tina. I really gravitated towards you. And I wanted you back on because, guys, I want you to stick around for this episode. We're going to be talking about how, right, in business and in life, you know, we are taking steps forward every day, putting one foot in front of the other. And we just do versus really looking at why? What are we biologically doing this for? How is it working? What is our brain telling our body and our heart to do? How are they all intertwined? And what I felt directly connected with you, Tina, on is your science-backed heart approach, heart-centered approach to the work you're doing. So guys, we're going to talk about the science-backed heart-centered approach um, I want to just frame it up right here at the beginning. I know I'm, this is a lot of me, right? We're going to get here. Um, we, uh, I want to frame up too that in about two weeks-ish from this, this going live, we're going to have a really great opportunity to get into Tina's world with a three-day live event. So she's going to tell us more about that. But I really want you guys to be listening and thinking about the work you're doing and the life you're living and how much deeper, like some deeper things that are going on here. So with all of that said, Tina, thank you so much for coming back on the show. Oh, Steph, thank you so much for inviting me back. Our first conversation was so enlivening and I'm excited to go deeper so that folks can get some really good tools and understanding of how they work 
so that yes. they can work better. Yes. So um, give us a little bit of background, you know, lead outside the lines is your coaching business and you're doing a lot of things um, through that. So frame up a little bit about the scale up method, this, this neuroscience backed uh, heart centered approach and how are people experiencing that with you today? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so lead outside the lines came from a lifetime of leadership and experience and asking questions why honestly i mean i was the why girl like why does that work and why am i doing this and why do i like this versus that so you're a three-year-old yeah, <laughs> absolutely throughout my whole life um totally fine um but i i started to recognize like when i was having difficulties showing up at work doing 100 percent on the job and my personal life was starting to fall apart my health was falling apart my my marriage fell apart I lost a child, like everything was not working well on the life side, but I would go to work and oh my gosh, I had it all down. Right. And I was like, wait a minute, I'm the same person showing up in my life as I am showing up at work. What's happening? Like, it's my body. It's my mind. It's, it's me. Why is there such a disconnect between these two? And so I really went deep into understanding how we're wired, right? How are we as human beings wired? Why do we make decisions the way that we do? Why do we sometimes take action and sometimes not, even when we know what to do and what's in our best interest? So I just got really curious about all of this. Um, also, my daughter, when she was six, she was having some struggles um, behaviorally in, in school. And it was like a shift, like an immediate shift. And her teacher said, well, we don't really know what's going on here, but this doesn't seem like her. And so we actually took her to Dr. Daniel Amen's um, clinics here in, in California to have her brain scanned because we didn't want to do medication. We'd been doing all the star charts and rewards and all the stuff, right? But we're like, something's happening. And it was in that moment with her that I got to see what her brain actually looked like, like what was happening in there. And for her, it was like all speeds go 100% all the time. So it was really difficult for her to shift and close things off and focus. And so understanding that opened up a world for us to have her understand, hey, here's, here's what's going on with me, right? Instead of beating herself up and going, yeah. gosh, why do I keep doing the things I know I don't want to? And she'd have remorse, mm -hmm. right? But once she understood, then she had some compassion for herself. And she was able to go, okay, this is just the way my brain is thinking right now. I can take a breath and I can regulate, right? So as a young kid, she starts to learn how to regulate so that she doesn't lose her stuff <laughs> in the middle yeah. of like somebody cutting her off in line or whatever, right? And so I'm like, okay, this is important. This work and understanding how we're wired, it plays out in every facet of our lives. And so that's that's what led me to get the certification in brain health with Dr. Daniel Amen. Neuroencoding, which is the software, right? Brain health is the hardware. Neuroencoding okay. is the software. Like, what are we putting in there? Okay. And that's with Joseph McClendon and transformational mindset with David Baer. Because I'm like, there's something here. We get to be in control of ourselves and create what we want in our lives once we can get a handle on what's happening inside of us. I'm thinking about so like I shared in the beginning, I'm thinking about, you know, kind of my relationship with with my father, because it's kind of similar to your relationship with your daughter, or or at least like, 
there was this like thing going on and it's like, oh, I can't control it. And I'm just going to be because I don't know any different. And I think about, you know, you had used the word, um, oh goodness, you were, what did you say that when she recognized that this was going on, she had not remorse. She had some compassion for herself and she could regulate what was happening. Regulate. There we go. The word regulate. She could regulate. And to me, I've always thought about, you know, as an individual, if we are doing something or if my father was acting a certain way, you know, we always have control over whether or not we choose to find coping mechanisms for the things that are happening in our head. Right. And I'm not yeah. saying always, because I know there are some you know, challenge some people who are challenged with even being able to cope. But I think it was so powerful that your daughter had a mother who were giving giving her some control and some coping mechanisms or some some ways to retarget what's happening versus just as accepting it as is and saying, eh, it's me. This is how I am. Uh, and I think that's where we often, whether it's in business or in life, we kind of just default to that like, eh, yeah, well, that's how I think, I guess. This is me. Instead of realizing I can actually go in deeper and take control of this once I understand it. Yes. Like I just that I, I just wanted to riff on that because I, I saw some similarities with. Yeah. And I love that you brought up the whole default. Right. Because yeah. that's one of the key things is I, I was like, we get to design our life. We don't just have to default to whatever is coming up. And that's where the neuroencoding comes in too. the neuroencoding. It really helps us to understand what's happening inside mm -hmm. of our body and inside of our mind. Right. So that we can shift, we can reframe, we can shift and there's tools and techniques and they're not that hard. They're really actually simple. And when you learn them, you're like, that's it. Like, <laughs> Really? That's it. But if you don't yeah. understand what's happening, you don't apply it. Right. And so we can apply exactly. small shifts that make a huge impact. So we don't default to whatever we're wired for. We can actually design how we want to move forward in life. Yeah. Don't live by default. Live by design. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so first and foremost, I'm just going to share for listeners. I think we have a little bit of weird delay happening between Tina and I. So go with us here. <laughs> go with us here and cross your fingers that we keep this connection here. Um, okay, so let's, you said that there are some like simple things. Let's just dive into, you know, I know the scale up method. You developed the scale up method based mm -hmm. off of your experiences and this world you dove into. So let's just go right into that. Okay. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So I designed scale up um, because for visionary leaders, people who have big dreams and they want to take big action and make great contributions in the world, what actually stops us is what's happening inside of us. Right. And I was like, this world needs courageously authentic leaders. And those people who are ready to step in, I want to give them every opportunity to be able to fully step in as their courageously authentic selves to make the difference they want to make. And I thought, okay, what from all the experience, what are the things that get in the way the most? Like, what are the things that we need to clear? What are the things that we need to put in place for ourselves so that we can step in fully to our calling? And so that's where scale up came from. 
And the S is the structure. It's our internal structure, right? You think about a house, the foundational structure of a house, you can't build on a crappy foundation. It's going to fall apart. But we mm -hmm. try to do that all the time in our lives. We just try to go out and do things without fully understanding our foundation and are we solid, right? So in structure, we go into mindset, we go into the psychology, which are thoughts, feelings, and beliefs, because here's what people don't recognize. They think, I know what to do. I know I should go to the gym. I know I have a plan in front of me. Maybe we even have a plan. Like I'm going to eat like this today, but we don't do it, right? Why? It's not because we don't know what to do. It's because our thoughts, feelings, and beliefs about things keep us stuck where we are. So case in point, I will share with you, and I might've shared on the last one, but um, I was working with someone um, and he's a venture venture capitalist and he, he is a super amazing expert in deep tech in a way that many people are not. And he wanted to go out there and he's like, I have something I can really share and it's valuable and people need it. And I'm like, okay, I, I, I'm, I'm sold. So what's the deal? And he goes, I don't like to talk about myself. I was like, ah, okay, there it is. It wasn't that he didn't know how to go out there and tell people about what he's doing. He didn't like to talk about himself. So I asked him, I said, what do you believe about people who talk about themselves? Mm. And he was like, oh, they're total jerks. Right. And so, of course, then I just sat for a second and he went, oh, my gosh. I said, of course, you're not talking about yourself. You're going to identify yourself as a jerk. You believe that people who go out and talk about themselves are jerks. Of course, you don't want to do that, right? So it had nothing to do with him not being able to say right. what he believed, like to say what he knew, right? And so we get to go up underneath those and really just uproot what are these things that are keeping you stuck, right? And what are your values? What are your strengths, right? We need to understand what we believe, why we believe it, why it's important to us, and we also need to understand that your brain, it's, 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 it's set up already to look for threats, right? So when we talk about the neuroscience part of it, you have a big dream and you want to step into this new space. Uh, the first thing your brain is thinking is like, I don't know what's on the other side of that. No, <laughs> we're not doing that. <laughs> you know, so it doesn't mean, so case in point couple of the things that actually they steal our dreams. It's what we call the thieves of our dreams. Procrastination, hesitation, mm -hmm. fear, right? fear mm -hmm. of failure, success, rejection, self-doubt, um, imposter syndrome, right? Mm -hmm. If anybody out there has ever felt any of this, and I have felt all of it, so it's all good. <laughs> like we're human, yes. right? We're, yeah. we're human. But what we get to do is understand what that actually means. Take imposter syndrome. Most of the time when we feel imposter syndrome, we make a meaning of it that, well, I'm not good enough. I don't know what I'm doing. No one's going to listen to me. Who am I to think I can do that? I'm way too far out ahead of my headlights. That's not what it means at all. The feeling that we're feeling is I'm breaking out of the shell. I am stepping into a bigger space. I'm playing a bigger game. Right, your brain is telling you, "Oh, I don't know what's going to happen over there." So let's just stay where we are, because your brain wants to keep you safe, comfortable, and expend the least amount of energy to do it. 
it's trying to keep you alive. It yeah. doesn't know what's on the other side of what you're about to do. The imposter syndrome you're feeling, it's it actually telling you you need to lean in. It's telling you you need to trust yourself because you're breaking out into a bigger space and playing a bigger game. And that's what you really want to be doing. Our brain will lie to us. And once we understand it, we get to go, thank you for trying to keep me safe. I'm not going to die if I go do this. We'll be okay. And you get to take that okay. next step. So I just love that we're talking about imposter syndrome. Because I think so many of our listeners for this show in particular are solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, you know, career-driven people. And I think it's going to be a common theme. And so why would our brain default to doubt? Mm -hmm. So we why? think about, yeah, why, why, why is our brain not wired just to make us as happy and successful yeah. as possible? So right? helpful. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So what actually happens, your I mean, think about all of the billions of pieces of data that we're, that is thrown at us, especially now, right? If we rewind back to caveman days, uh, we mm -hmm. didn't have everything bombarding us all day long, right? Right. But the way we're wired is to sense everything that's going on around us and filter out things that are not important, really filter in things that could cause us harm, right? So if you think about back in the caveman days, when we're out there and a tiger is standing right there on the, on the edge of the brush, we're like, yeah, I probably don't need to be standing right here. I, I'm about to be dinner. Let's move. <laughs> Right. So your brain is recognizing things that can hurt you, that can damage you, right? That can kill you. Mm -hmm. It recognizes physiological feelings. We get these sensations, right? Sometimes, like the caveman could be like, uh, something's not right here. Oh, yeah, there's a tiger. Okay, I got to move. Right. We get these physiological sensations that indicate to our brain something's bad. I need to be paying attention to something, right? Think about all the physiological sensations we get now. That's just stress because of everything going on around us. Our brain doesn't necessarily recognize the difference between a physical threat that's going to harm us or a physiological threat, right? So when we feel fear, when we feel, oh my gosh, I'm not enough. I can't, I can't go out and do this. Who am I? Your brain recognizes it as fear. It recognizes right. it as something could happen to me. No, I'm just going to stay in my little box so nothing can happen to me. So it's like it could be as big a fear as the example of literally being eaten by a tiger, or mm -hmm. it could be the fear of rejection or embarrassment. Absolutely. And, but our physio, our brain is just, just fear light. It's just fear it's light. Like, danger, danger, Will Robinson. Don't go there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And Yes. The reason, and I'm just spitballing here with you because I, you're, you know, I don't know. I'm saying, so I'm kind of taking away like the reason that this imposter syndrome and our brain defaults to doubt or fear is because it, it's just maybe the capacity to, to break down that fear isn't the, in the forefront, right? Because we are biologically driven to just survive. And so boom, yeah. fear light goes on. doesn't matter what the fear is. It could be a tiny fear or a huge fear it's going to halt us for a minute. Absolutely. And this is where, when we recognize that we get to reframe how we're even thinking about things. Think of it this way. 
your thoughts create feelings. Mm -hmm. Okay. You can actually sit here and I will share with you one of the neuroencoding techniques right now. And it, you're literally going to hear this and go, what? There's no way. Yes way. It really works. And it has worked for millions of people. I will share with you. So you can sit here and feel bad about something. Like you can feel fear. Like, let's just say you need, you were going to go out on stage. All right. You're about to go speak on stage. A lot of people have fear around that. They'd rather be in the coffin at their eulogy than actually giving the eulogy. Right. <laughs> so if you're, if you, that's a fear for you, feel it like right here, right now, sitting, feel like, what does it feel like when I'm fearful about to go on stage? And you can feel the sensations coming up in your body. Like you're getting hot, clammy. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm so, okay. Feel it and let your body feel it. And then I want you to step up. I want you to stand up like pattern interrupt, change your pattern. Like, Mm -hmm. no, I'm not going to do that. Right. Stand up, smile, actually put a smile on your face and go, I'm actually really excited to go do this. I get to create massive impact for people that are in the audience. This is going to be amazing. It's the same physiological feeling in your body as fear, but you mentally shift what meaning you're giving to the experience. And then I want you to celebrate it. Go, yes, I'm super excited. This is going to be great. Yeah. Ripping dopamine in your brain. Why do you think video games are so addicting? Mm. It's a dopamine drip. It's like, oh, something good is coming. Something great is coming. I want more of that. Yeah. Get to condition yourself to have a completely different experience because the experience is the meaning you're giving it. You can have the same, I might go out on stage right after you. And the experience that I'm giving to it is I'm so excited that I get to impart some of this wisdom to people and they get to take it and make their life great. Where you might be going, oh my gosh, I'm going to fall. I'm going to fall. I'm going to forget what I'm going to say. I'm going to fall off the stage. It's going to be terrible. Well, that's how you, that's going to be your experience. It's going to be terrible. Yeah. Cause you're kind of fixating on the things that your fear is, is bringing up. You're fixating on that instead of, yep. you know, what we start started talking about earlier, which was kind of uh, shifting that to something that you can control, right? Finding a, Absolutely. you know, I said coping with it, you know, coping yeah. with it and shifting it. But yeah, you, you absolutely create the experience based on what you're thinking about it, because what we focus on gets bigger. Yeah. Right. Where focus goes, energy flows. And so it's just, it's the way that we are wired case in point. Um, if you bought a new car, right. I just, we just bought a new truck. It's a crazy blue color. Right. And I was like, what that? Okay. Well, whatever. I don't have, I don't see a whole lot of cars like that. I guess it's unique. Okay. We'll get it. Literally the day we bought it and drove it home. There's like 10 other cars <laughs> on the road, that color. Right. But that wasn't in my awareness before. So I never even really noticed it. Yeah. And so we get to, when we shift, when things are in our awareness and we know how to shift it to be an experience that we want, we are powerful. You literally can do anything. It doesn't matter what the experience or what the circumstances are around you. Mm-hmm. You can create the experience that you truly want. But we have to understand how we're wired and we need to understand how our thoughts play into it, how our feelings play into it, how our beliefs, which I'm sorry to tell you, and we did talk about this last time, that your beliefs are formed when you're young, like mm, yeah. before you're seven, 
Mm-hmm. Like the core of your beliefs are actually formed before your brain is even able to discern truth versus non-truth. Mm-hmm. Basically, just sort of take it all in. So, you know, there might be things like, why do I keep getting into a relationship that I know isn't good for me? Well, you have some sort of core belief that is probably not even fully conscious that keeps playing out. We get to get up underneath that and like, it's basically like cutting the weed, like cut the weed off, right? So that it doesn't get in your way anymore. And so that's where the neuroscience comes in. We can, coaches can tell you what to do all day long. Doesn't Mm -hmm. mean you're going to do it. Doesn't even mean it's going to become part of who you are until you understand how you're wired and you know how to shift in the moment, every moment. It's, this is just so I'm geeking out a little and I'm going to have, okay, this is, this is one of the fun things. Okay. I'm just going to be real here. I always say like, I always tell my guests, Tina, I'm telling you this now we're going to shift gears. I'm going to unplug. Uh Oh, <laughs> okay. So Okay, shifting gears a little because, and you're going to lose my video for one second here, but we're still recording. I'm here. Okay. Well, we're going to take a walk in my house. This is a fun little tangent here, and I'm sorry it's happening on Tina's episode. I love it. Let's do it. I I was, we're going to get back on track, I promise, guys. But I was on a podcast the other day, and my dog was whining the entire time. And I kept thinking, I can't stop. I'm in the middle of a podcast. I can't stop. Um, but she literally wouldn't stop and that's not like her. And, uh, by the end of it, she had thrown up, she needed out. Mm. And I was like, you know what? I'm never doing that again. So I didn't know what would happen this soon. Cause that was literally like last week, Aww. but I was just like, <laughs> and, and now I got to go close the gate, but I was like, I'm never going to put my dog through that again. I had total dog mom guilt that I didn't yes. just stop the episode, but you know what? We're real humans. Exactly. We're real. We're going to take this good little deviation. Don't have to have it op- happen often, but we're doing it today. So, okay. Back on track, guys. Well, can I um, just say that I love that you did this? Honestly. Okay, like, I so you. love that you did this because we set these expectations and they're stupid. Like, we have stupid expectations. Oh my gosh. What are they going to think of me if I have to go let my dog out? I don't know. Maybe you have a heart and you're human and you care what your dog feels. Like, how is that a bad thing? Well, I preach that. You know, we we talk about right before we go live, we talk about how if the dog barks or a mailman rings the doorbell or our phone rings, we the show goes on because we are human. And I'm gonna plug my mic in. Let's pause. One second. Ooh, and now I'm out of breath. But yeah, thank you. That makes me feel like literally I was shaking as you said that because I was like, and perfectionist and professionalist in me doesn't give myself the grace, but I want to give the grace to others, right? Absolutely. And so thank you for saying that because I was like, I can't, I can't go another however long and have her whining again. Um, Well, and we're not robots. Right. We say we are human beings. Yes. We're not human doings. Mm. Right. So we get to be human, which means feeling the feels and the emotion and engaging in what's needed in the moment, regardless of, oh my gosh, what are they going to think? 
I don't know. Maybe they're going to think that you're pretty awesome because you took care of your dog. How about that? <laughs> I just remember thinking at the end when I, I finally realized, because as soon as we went off the air, I, you know, rushed down the same way I just did with you. Rushed down on air still or, or you know, not live, but still with my hosts. And uh, I see the pile, the, the, mm. the pile of throw up. And I felt the, so much guilt. But anywho. Yeah. I want to get us back on track. Thank you for letting me do that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's just funny though, because as you were talking and I'm experiencing this, that fear actually was, I was thinking about the fear of what had happened last time. I was yeah. just genuinely fixated on, is my dog going to throw up again? Is my dog sick? Or like, what does she need? You know? And so our brain again, just was fixating and who knows, she could just saw a squirrel, but I, I was going straight to that you know, that place. Yes. And this time, especially with having you sharing what you're sharing, I was like, nope, I can take control of the situation. Mm -hmm. like Absolutely. I, I want to shift that. So, okay. I want to go back because you have a background in, in military. You have a military background. Mm -hmm. And so I was thinking we're talking and framing this for our audience, which is so smart about, you know, imposter syndrome, speaking, things like that. But I just want to reinforce how powerful what it is you're talking about is because think about how the military uses it. Mm -hmm. Think about how the military trains our 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 team, our you know, our our military mm -hmm. to take fear and literally turn that into fear fearlessness. Yeah. Take I the mean, fear and turn it into courage. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that's not relegated to somebody who puts on a uniform. Let's mm. just be clear about that. That is an opportunity that is available for everyone. You just need to know how to do it. You yeah. need to know how you're wired. You need to know what what you what you need to focus on. And it, it goes. It, we've just told you pretty much everything you need to know. <laughs> it's what you focus on, right? It's reframing it in your mind to be an experience that is different from where your natural inclination is going to go. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but I don't want to live in my house and never feel like I can go anywhere because, oh my gosh, I might get hit by a bus. Oh my gosh, the air quality is not good today. Like, come on. Right. <laughs> you know, our brain is going to go there because it's just trying to keep us alive. It's its job. Yeah. Its job is to keep you breathing, to mm -hmm. keep your heart pumping, right? Its job is not to create a happy, successful, amazing life according to your definition. Mm -hmm. That's up to us. Yeah, right? We get to utilize it for that, but we need to know how. And something that a lot of people um, that I've come across, a lot of really successful folks, right? People that have checked all the right boxes to get to this traditional level of success according to other people's definitions, they start to shut themselves down and cut themselves off from their dreams and what they truly want in life and just start to go through the motions. And I don't know if anybody listening is feeling that where mm. you go, this is it. Like, I know there's more for me. And I remember when you and I were talking last time, we talked about that dormant spark mm -hmm. that a lot of us feel, right? That spark to something greater, like there's greater contribution in me. But holy moly, I couldn't put another thing on my schedule right now. There's no way this can happen. You see where our brains go? Mm -hmm. Like, we're like, oh, there's so much. Oh, yeah, but I'm so busy and there's so much going on. And we get when we notice that, 
that's the time when you start to notice you get this feeling of excitement around what you truly want and then your brain sort of like takes you down a notch that's the moment where you step in and you stand up and you just shift you make the shift okay it's called a pattern interrupt and it creates mm -hmm. a space in our brain where we can put something else in and the more we do it the easier it becomes it's just like physics the more you do something the better you get at it the easier it becomes right yeah. there was a time in your life when tying your shoes was like a monumental experience yeah right? like how am i gonna do this what am i doing i don't understand how this works and now you do it you're talking you're doing a million things you don't even notice that you're doing it mm -hmm. right? so the more that we can be aware of those moments when we start to feel and you feel it you feel you were taken down a notch that's when you get to step in stand up step in change it and go mm, this is what i really want and then celebrate yeah. yourself for recognizing that because in that celebration we say we celebrate to elevate mm, yeah so celebrate all the little tiny moments that you make a shift for yourself and you'll find that it gets easier and easier and easier i i love that and where i'm thinking and it's not you know i guess devil's advocate hat here i wonder uh, listeners or just general population especially in our entrepreneurs mm -hmm. are we even slowing down enough to make these feels i don't and think we are we're not for many of us we're not we're going 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 next thing next thing next thing yeah it's in this moment and here here's something interesting about how adults learn adults learn through reflection not doing mm -hmm. so okay. it's after the fact you have to we have to be reactive yeah, it's after you go, okay, what did that mean for me? Did I create what I really wanted to create in that situation? If not, why? Just like you, let's go back to the dog thing, <laughs> right? You literally could have, and, I, I'm, and I'm imagining that you had this playing out in your mind in the back as we're talking. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Trust me, I, I did a TEDx and I had the same thing because I realized partway through, I didn't have the clicker or my, and I was like, the back of my mind is going, oh my gosh, what am I gonna do? I don't have the clicker. The front of my mind is delivering this TEDx like I've practiced, right? It's like two separate brains. Yeah. So I could imagine for you, like you're thinking, oh my gosh, I can't stop this. My dog, what am I gonna do with my dog, <laughs> right? Taking the pause. I love it that you took the pause and you said, no, this gets to be a real life moment. Yeah. Not a perfection moment. Yeah. Those are kind of boring. I mean, you yeah. ever find those people who they're like, everything's got to be perfect. Like mm -hmm. after a while, you're like, okay, I'm done. I'm out. But to your point, I didn't do that the first time. I had to learn the lesson. Mm -hmm. I had to, dare I say, fail, right? And then in retrospect, being reactive, like now that it's happened once, I'm going to learn from it. Yeah. And so I think like, and then we're only on the first letter of, of scale. So I know we have a lot of things, but I just, um, I, I guess I'm just thinking like the, if you take nothing away from this, we need to slow down and start to feel. Yes, it is because our emotions are guides for us, mm -hmm. right? It is a guide. We, we, we want to say, oh, don't bring emotion to work. I, I don't have, I've, I've actually had people in jobs I've had before tell me I don't feel. That's not something I do. I'm like, oh, wow. You must be a joy to be around. <laughs> I love that. 
because somebody actually just the way you even said it too. I could I could literally say I don't feel. I don't. I can see that human. <laughs> I don't do that. <laughs> I'm like just that feeling alone. That was a feeling. Yeah. Right? And so this is we. This is something we don't. We don't need to shut ourselves off from it. We need to understand what it means. Mm -hmm. Right. It's exactly like the imposter syndrome, the fear of success, the fear of failure, all the things. It's like okay, what is that feeling that's coming up for me? And that feeling is attached to thoughts I'm having and beliefs that I have. I get to shift those just because that's what I have now. That doesn't mean it's what I'm stuck with. Yeah. Right. And so I love that you're saying like the failure, right? You said I had to, dare I say it, fail. Mm -hmm. Celebrate that you failed. Literally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Guys, I went through so much of my career feeling like I couldn't fail. Like being a military officer, you show up, you deliver, you contribute, you hold the space. Like you can't show up as a mess because yeah. you got people relying on you, right? And what I came to understand is the feelings that I had, it's what connected me with people. Mm -hmm. People don't connect with robots. People don't connect with, I don't feel you know, it's the connection that creates connection is currency. You guys, mm -hmm. like anyone who's listening, I really just want you to take this away. You cannot connect with people if you cannot connect with your own self. Mm -hmm. And connection with others is leadership. It is what influences others. It is what has people show up no matter what the circumstances are and go, I'm in this with you. You know, we're in this. Let's make this happen right? If they're not connected, they are not engaged. Yeah. Connection so, is currency. What a good, what connection a good. Is currency. And that's, I know you said with scale, the C in scale is actually, it's clarity, okay. right? And it's I, what we focus on is clarity of your vision that you truly want to create in life. Clarity of your identity. Who are you? Because for people who want to show up in a big way, if they don't see themselves as someone who does these things, yeah. it's really hard for them to show up in an authentic, genuine way and connect with people because they're so worried about themselves. Yeah. Right. And so when we talk about focus, right, from the neuroscience perspective, what we focus on amplifies. When we feel uncomfortable about stepping into a new space, I invite you to shift what you're focusing on internally. Because usually you're focusing on you. You're focusing on, I'm going to say something dumb. I'm not going to fit in here. They're going to think I'm like, who am I? Like the whole focus is you on yourself. But when you can shift it around and go, nope, I'm going to focus on creating an experience for people. I'm going to focus on mm -hmm. connecting with others and being interested in them. Not trying to be interesting. I'm going to be interested yeah. in them. Right? This, when I talk about clarity of identity, we get to get clear about what we're strong at, what we're not. That's okay. Totally good. What our opportunities are and how we can show up to create connection for others. Okay. That it's so powerful. It's so powerful. And then we talk about alignment. Like when you're really clear on what your thoughts, feelings, and beliefs are and who you are and your identity and this vision that you want to create in the world, your purpose. Are Is you that alive? the A? That's the, alignment. That's the A in scale. Okay. Yeah. So we've got structure, clarity, alignment. Clarity and really alignment. Quickly, mm -hmm. On clarity really quick. I yeah. think what I see oftentimes too, 
I want to make sure we get through all of them, but I just want to say this. <laughs> I think oftentimes we are, we are more clear than we give ourselves credit to, right? But we're clear in moments and then we're foggy in moments. And so I think like taking control of that and, and really acknowledging that clarity and whether it's literally writing it down at times, having your clear message that you can, mm -hmm. you and your people can go back to. Um, yeah. I, I think there's just a lot of power in that. And so I just wanted to riff on that because I didn't, yes. I don't know why, but okay. So no, we got structure. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. You're Sorry. absolutely right. Because, and I love that you brought up the foggy, the, when you are out of alignment, that is what is creating your fog. Ah, see. Okay. Yep. Because yeah. when you are clear on who you are and why you're on the planet and what you're here to do and what you really want to create, it's all the other stuff. It's that little, it's that, it's that critical voice, right? Inside that goes, who are you? You don't have what it takes to do this. Mm. They're not going to listen to you. Why are you the person Ooh. that goes? And then you start going, oh my God. Okay. 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 And you shrink. Oh, Liz, you literally are getting goosebumps. <laughs> goosebumps. <laughs> well, because we all do it. Yes. Right? We yeah. all do it. And we think the fogginess is, see, I really don't know what I'm doing. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. It's your inner critic trying to keep you playing small so you don't go out there and get rejected. Because what does that feel like? Mm -hmm. Rejection feels like isolation. Like I've mm -hmm. been cast off the island. If you're mm -hmm. cast off the island, what's probably going to happen to you? You're going to die because you're by yourself. Yeah. Like this is the way your brain works. Right. So we get, we can have fun with it. We can go, oh my, wow. What if I was cast off, cast off the island? What would I do? You know, and your brain goes, <laughs> smarty, <laughs> you know, yeah. we can have these conversations, but I really want people to connect with when you're feeling that confusion and procrastination and the hesitation and the fogginess, it is because you are out of alignment oh, with who you know you are, what you're here to create and what you ultimately want in your life. Yeah. And I think we go, this is the thing I recognize and I've got to imagine it fits for your scale up method too, is mm -hmm. when you're working with people and walking through the scale up method, it's not that you're creating this for them or they're creating it for themselves for the first time. It's reviving it, getting it flushed out, making sure it's clear and front and center for us because it's here. If you're not it watching is. this, if you're not watching this, I'm pointing to my whole body. It's here. <laughs> it's all here. It's in our head. It's in our hearts in our gut. It's, the power lies in putting it somewhere, like recognizing it all. Yes. You know? Absolutely. And pulling it together in a way that you can really sink into it. And I, it is absolutely what you said. It is reviving. And mm -hmm. it's like, I can, I liken it to like when David, when Michelangelo was creating David, something that he said was David was always in there. I just mm -hmm. chipped away all the parts that were not David. Yeah. And look at what we think of when we look at the statue of David, We're like in awe. Mm -hmm. We are that. We are David. Yeah. We all have David inside of us. Right. And we just get to strip away the things that, let's be honest, over life, we put armor on. Yeah. Brene Brown talks about the armor that we wear. Right. Mm -hmm. We all, and I wasn't even fully aware of all of the layers of conditioning that had just inadvertently piled on top of my essence, my being 
from military career, from oh, yeah. with law enforcement, like with the Homeland Security, like, and, and I don't, I'm not knocking that at all. I got some amazing value right. and leadership and foundation and little parts along the way, whatever your occupation is or whatever you're doing, we pick up little things that we think we're supposed to be doing, thing, ways that we think we're supposed to be, and we lose touch with who we really are. And that's honestly, that's what happens when we get to the point when we're like, there's got to be more to life than this. Yeah. Well, it's because you're not fully living into who you are. You're out of alignment. We, you're out of alignment. Right. And we, we get to get you back in alignment because you know well, who you are. And the A in scale is literally in the middle. So it is. Where are we going? Where, what's the L? It's like, does that. that does that just fit so beautifully, or is that by it happenstance? Does it? No, it is absolutely a journey because we have yeah. to start internally first. Yeah. Right, and that's why we start with our structure and, and our own clarity, we and start. then are we in alignment? Okay. Yes. No. How might I be in mm -hmm. more alignment with my values and what I believe? And yeah. this is where we shift into the second half. It's outwardly portraying and being this person that we know we are and creating what we know is in our heart and our calling for the world. And so we go into L, which is leadership, mm. right? And I, I say that we start inner because a lot of people think, and, and I was, I, I did this when I was military too, is leadership is about other people, right? It's about leading other people. Right. What happens when we can't lead ourselves though? What happens when I get stuck in my downward spiral of negative thinking? When I get stuck in my downward spiral of I really want to do this, but I'm keeping myself confined here because I think I'm supposed to. Like this inner leadership has to come first. Well, and you, then we lead outside. I mean, literally, as the word lead, like lead is the front. It's the person we're following. So we, of course, think leadership as others, but it begins with us. They're only following you because they believe. Now, sometimes you do it because you have to, but that's yeah. not real leadership. Let's right. be honest about what it is. Right. right. And so what we talk about is creative versus reactive leadership. And so we pull in all of the neuroscience about why do we spiral down? Why do we get stuck in? And how does our brain actually function when we're in judgment, when we're in, um, you know, when we're in, really, I'm going to just stick with judgment. There's a lot of things that we get into when we talk about reactive states. And so from the, the neuroencoding and from the brain health perspective, I actually, I love this part because I show people brain spec scans of a specific person who she was scanned when she had been meditating on all that she was grateful for, like all the okay. things that she was thankful for in her life, right? And she said, hey, Dr. Amen, I want to do a brain scan and see what's happening in there when I'm in gratitude. So they did. And you can see parts of her brain, like the cerebellum and some other areas that are connected to our nervous system that help us to solve problems, that help us access information that are that's already inside of our brain. Our motor coordination is better when these areas are functioning well. So under the scan of gratitude, it's functioning great. She felt great. Then she said, well, what does it look like if I meditate on the things I'm fearful or worried about are going to go wrong? Mm -hmm. Anybody? I mean, literally, how much time do we spend in a day worrying about things that'll go wrong? Right? So they did that. Same thing. 30 minutes meditating on all the fear and worry. Did the scan. 
cerebellum pretty much shut down. Mm. Like there were parts of the brain that were black on the screen, meaning not getting the blood flow, not functioning well, not making the connections because in that moment it went into survival mode. Yeah. And survival mode, we put on blinders. We don't see possibilities and opportunities that are right in front of us. We don't access information well that we already have in our brains. The fogginess that we we're talking about, this is where that comes in, right? And so we've, we're, it's like Sisyphus pushing the rock up the hill. You're pushing the boulder up the hill. And you've, you're like, oh my gosh, it's so hard. Yeah, it's because of the way that you're showing up. It's not because of the circumstances around you. And I know there are people out there that are going, that's a bunch of bull. Like, you don't know my life. You don't know what I'm dealing with in my life. So I will share. Um, when I lost my son to stillbirth, it was literally the most soul-sucking experience of my life. And honestly, the first real major loss of my life. And I remember laying in the hospital and I, I, it could have gone two ways. I could have laid there and nobody would have thought anything less of me if I was just completely a sobbing mess. Nobody. Right. Right. But there was something inside me that recognized my mom was able to be there. She had just gone through cancer and chemo. Well, she was waiting for chemo. She had had a double mastectomy because the chemo was delayed. She was able to be on a plane and be there with me. And I felt grateful for that. And nurses, oh my gosh, I had the most amazing nurses and doctors there. They were just um, so incredible. My best friend was able to come. Like I felt gratitude for all of the support that was there for me. And I literally do not know how I would have made it through that day without feeling that. Um, and even to the point where the nurse staff said to my mom and I both, and I, I probably learned this from my mom because she's this way too, but they said, We've never experienced somebody in this experience as grateful and thankful as you are. They said it has made this experience so unfortunate as it is wonderful for us to be able to be here with you in it, right? And mm -hmm. I look back on that day as, yes, it was the most soul-sucking day of my life. And it was one of the most beautiful days of my life because it was so full of love and connection with people. And both can be true. Mm. Right? Sometimes we think it has to be either or. Yeah. Life is not either or. Both mm. can be true. It's just the way that we choose to show up. And that's our inner leadership. I'm holding back tears. <laughs> um, it's again, it's your choice. Yes. On how you're choosing to cope in that moment. It's I can choose to fixate on and take allow this soul-sucking moment to take over. Mm -hmm. Or I can also and see this amazing support I have. Yeah. And I think we have the duality always in life. Mm -hmm. We have hard and beautiful all the time. Yes. In it's our choice to fixate on it. Wow. Sorry. I'm sorry. I know. I, and it, it is. But this is the thing, right? We all have emotion. Yeah. We all have emotion. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. And we talk about emotional intelligence, which really just means 
we understand it. We can see it in others. Mm -hmm. We can regulate ourselves, right? I can be super pissed off. That doesn't mean I have to go thrashing around, right? <laughs> right. I mean, we get to choose yes. how we show up, right? And that, that leads us into the E for scale is engagement. Mm. How do we keep ourselves engaged in what we know is true for us? And how do we engage others in a way that invites them into their vision, mm -hmm. invites them into being the best version of themselves? Because what would happen in this world if we had more people who could honestly stand in their genuine power as who they are and invite others to do the same yeah. without judgment? So we already talked about what happens in your brain when you're in judgment, fear, mm -hmm. and worry. Mm -hmm. right? Why do you want to do that? So, and that's the thing, that's why I really love the whole, the neuroscience behind understanding why these things matter. Like I can stand here and say, well, cause you feel good, you do better. Well, that might be true, but people are like, yeah, great. You don't know what I'm going through. I, I get it. I totally get it. Right. But we get to choose when we can recognize, Hey, the way I'm showing up, it's actually having an effect. And I know we don't have a time to go into like all the energetics and all that, but we give off energy. Like you may not know this, but your heart sends just as many messages up to your brain as your oh, brain no. sends out to your body. Ooh. And people want to say it's all about the head. They're all heady. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. about the body too. There is a the connection, the brain body connection, the heart brain connection. That's where your gold is. It's not up in your head. It's in your heart. Yeah. And there's actually um, HeartMath Institute. They do studies on this. And it's fascinating I, to learn this. I, I, I learned about it because of my daughter also. So we did brain spec scans with her. And one of her psychologists was like, have you heard of HeartMath? And I'm like, you say math to me and I'm out. Like, <laughs> I want nothing to do with math. He was like, no, no, no. It's different. Look into it. And it's I love I, I love though, like to me, math is always just, it's just ones, twos, threes and letters, right? It's, it's just so scientific. It's so factual, yes. right? It's so opposite of what we believe our heart to be. So to pair them together, it gives us this, like, I'm going to want to, I want to use the word hope that we can like with heart math, it's taking something so incredibly complex and say, taking something that's so rhythmic and factual and just if you put this and this together, it equals this. And it's just truth. So I love, heart, I mean, I, I'm going to look into heart math for sure. Yes, please do. You're, it's truth. It is, it is your truth. And what is amazing is they have, I won't even go into all the technical pieces of it, but they have, um, they have measured how the energetic frequency that comes off of your heart like we're all energy. How do you think you're moving? Like this right. is energy, right? This is not like woo woo pixie dust and crystals. Like we get to look at the science of what's happening here as humans interacting with each other. And the energetics that are given, the energy that's given off of your heart, it is contagious. Mm. Other people feel it. You, case in point, you ever walk in a room for a meeting and there's people in the meeting that you've not gotten along with before, or you're like, man, they always just suck the energy out of the room. You know, you're already thinking when you walk in this meeting, oh, it's going to go really bad. You feel down already. Yeah. Nothing has happened. Like the meeting has not happened. You are bringing in your experience from before into the now, and you are recreating it. Mm -hmm. I've seen 
people come into meetings and they have got they've they've gone through the heart math and they've done the it's there's some breathing that you can do in some ways that you can just sort of regulate your nervous system right keep you calm it gives off a different energy frequency people actually respond to it it is contagious it can shift and elevate a room and yeah. it is fascinating how it happens but it starts inside of us it's not an outward thing it's not a circumstantial thing it is the way we have shown up well, and we need to be the ones to emit a new energy, right? Because so you're pointing out, we're basing uh, this energy based off of someone else's energy and a previous experience. We're bringing that back in because we can't control what they're bringing. We can only control our energy. Absolutely. But we can choose. Do we want to bring that right back in and still live in that? Or do we want to shift that focus and bring a new energy in? And maybe, because we, we don't know. We can't control the other people. Maybe they're going to still sit in that energy, but we're going to do our little piece and bring a little bit of that energy in if we choose to. I, I love that. If we choose to. And I love it because I have a client who this was so foreign to him in the beginning, but as we got into it and he started to really resonate with him, he's like, I get it. I can see it playing out. He had an interaction with somebody one morning and they were like way in the doldrums. And he go, he says, he was like, you'll, you'll be so proud of me. He said, I stood there and I was like, Hey, I see that you're probably not in the best of States right now. He's like, let's pick this up later on because I'm feeling pretty good. And I want to keep it that way. <laughs> good for him. I love that. And later in the afternoon, she came back to him. She said, thank you for that. I didn't even realize I, she was in the downward spiral. She goes, you yeah. pointing it out to me and holding that energetic space. I was like, Oh. I can do that. And it was so much better later on in the day. Right. Yeah. But he was, he felt strong enough in himself to go, Hey, I get what you're going through right now. That's not what I want to experience. So I'll catch you later on this afternoon. Right. Good. God, that's some strength. Yeah. That is some, some strength. So we are, I could talk to you for I hours. Time. <laughs> I, was like, we could I could talk to you for hours. Um, I want to do a quick recap on scale. We okay. went through though. I want to have you just do a, a you know, the, the very 101 ish, the brief summary for people Absolutely. to walk away with. And then let's end with what's the best way to, you know, you've dropped so much gold for us today. What's the best way to continue to, to be in your world and strengthen ourselves through the teachings you've got going on? Thank you so much. I, I would love, I would love, love, love to recap and share that. So, so scale is structure. It's our inner structure, right? I call it our MVPs, mindset, values, purpose, and strengths. Perfect. And then clarity. When we have clarity, we have power, right? Clarity is power and clarity allows us to move forward. And so when we're clear on our vision, identity, our purpose, and our superpowers, then we get to bring those together. Our MVPs and our VIPs get to come together in alignment so that we are energetic. Alignment creates energy. When you're burnt out, you're out of alignment. It's mm -hmm. not because you got a lot going on. It's because you're out of alignment. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then we go into the leadership. How do I now shift myself in the moment, every moment to be a creative leader? Creative doesn't mean artistic necessarily. It means to create what I want, mm. right? Instead of reacting and getting into the downward spiral. Mm. And then it's engagement, engaging myself consistently and engaging others in a grander vision, right? And so that's the scale part. The up is unlimited possibility because when you put all of this together, you start to see pathways forward that you didn't see before.
and things open up and opportunities that you would not have seen had you not brought all of this together. So that's scale up. I love the work. I love seeing people engage in it because what happens is truly fantastic with them in their lives. Um, we do have a virtual three-day live experience coming up, uh, middle of January. It's January 16th through the 18th, right? And so, and it's it's three days, three hours a day. Like I'm not taking up your whole life, right? Yeah. But what you are going to learn in these three days will change your life, 100%. There has not been a person who has come through who has not said otherwise. Everyone's yeah. like, something I got here just shifted something else massively in my life. So please join us. You can go to leadoutsidethelines.com. That's our website. Top of the banner. You can register there. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, Tina Parker or TP Sunshine. Not really sure how it comes up. <laughs> I think it's TP Sunshine. As <laughs> I think it is. Yeah. <laughs> TP Sunshine. Yeah. It is definitely that. I always, I always kind of giggle when I see that. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, Steph, for bringing me on and letting me just share what I can with your audience because every little bit hopefully yeah. makes a difference for them. Well, thank you for being flexible, vulnerable, and sharing the wisdom that you've made a choice to be part of your life. You know, you had, you've had circumstances in your life that you could have just let be, but you decided to go deeper and then to share that. And that makes me emotional because we all have that choice and power. It's whether we choose to do something with it. So this has been the most emotional episode, but I, I, I do think, again, we talked about it. We're all human. We can't take away the fact that we're human. We're human in business. We're human in life. All we have is human. So let's be good to each other and good to ourselves. With that said, thank you again for being on here. In the show notes, guys, I will make sure we have that link so you can go and register for the three-day. Uh, really quick, what's, what is, what are we looking at investment-wise for the three-day? Do you have that? Oh, yeah. It's 147. It's like literally a no-brainer, you guys. No-brainer. Seriously. No-brainer. Come and yeah. join us. And we create community, too. I'm not just going to sit there and yap at you for yeah. three hours a day. right? We do breakouts and we engage with other like-valued leaders who are also elevating. So it's it's really powerful, and I hope to see you all there. Yeah, and I'm going to be there, guys. So um, I already know I'm going to be there. I have uh, another person in my life that I know she's already going to be there. So let's let's do this together. I'm so excited. Again, yeah. thank you. Check the show notes for the deets on how you can get to Tina, how you can get to Outside the Lines, get to that scale three-day, scale up three-day. And um, all right, guys, until next time. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Passion on Purpose podcast. I truly hope you got a lot of value out of this episode. So if you did, please rate, review, and share. If you are interested in being a guest on the show, whether a leader or an expert, please go to getvim.com forward slash podcast, and you will find our application page or reach out to me directly and I can give you more information.